Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Caitlin. And you're listening to our weekly podcast where we break down the biggest, boldest, and most iconic moments in pop culture. This is Incredibly Incredibly Iconic. Iconic. Hello, everybody. All of our fake fans who didn't wish me a happy birthday. Yeah, he almost canceled the podcast over it. No, it's fine. All the people who mean a lot to me said something. (laughs) Which was just his dog. Just Benji, honestly. Um, What's up, everybody? We're back with episode 26 of the Incredibly Iconic Podcast, and we're going to switch it up a little this week. Uh, We're going to do another Iconic Celebrity Encounters episode. And this week, it's mostly Brian talking about his encounters. I feel like I've only met celebrities either with Brian or during the country version that we talked about on my own. So I'm just going to be here critiquing his experiences. Yeah, because I still have a long, long list of people that I've met. And I picked a few for this episode. If we have time, I'll go into all of them. But if not, I'm definitely going to do like two or three. But we'll see because we do have a few things that we wanted to touch on in the beginning. Um, a lot has happened. Um, so let's not waste any time and let's get right into it. Starting off with some new music releases and announcements that have happened over the past week. We have to start off with our girl, Taylor Swift. She shocked the world by announcing that the next Taylor's version album that she is releasing is Red. Yeah, a whole bunch of her fans were speculating that it was going to be 1989. There seemed to be some clues about 1989. And honestly, ever since she said, oh, yeah, there's Easter eggs and stuff, fans have really need to go to a mental hospital. Also, Taylor might be in charge of that mental hospital because... (laughs) Taylor will do insane, like... The CEO. Yeah, she's the CEO of it. We give her enough fucking money as it is. Might as well start a mental hospital where we can all just go there and try to speculate for clues because it's just gotten to another level. I've enjoyed kind of the Easter eggs, if you want to say that, when they were in the um, album packets of trying to decode the song lyrics but now it's like oh maybe in this music video there's a clue about what she's going to do next and then she'll post what she's actually doing next and it wasn't even a clue and it just feels like everything's a rage but there was I guess some things that seemed like 1989 was going to come out and she decided to do red which will be coming out November 19th and will include 30 songs including the 10 minute all too well I'm really excited for this. Red is one of my favorite albums, but I will say it's weird her announcing it so far in advance because when she announced Fearless, it was like the next month. It was like two months, I think. And I don't know, this announcement just seems really weird because when she did announce Fearless, there was a single, um, Love well, Love Story had came out in that Match.com commercial. And then when she announced the album, Love Story was available the next day, I think, on um, streaming. And this one just kind of felt like uh, it's like five months away. So it's so far and it's kind of just like, when are we going to get the first song from it? But yeah, there was a lot of clues that were leading people to believe 1989 was next. Mainly the fact that the Wildest Dreams Taylor's version was in that uh, Spirit Untamed trailer. Everyone was kind of just assuming that we would be getting that song next and the album announcement next after that. And then she releases a bunch of like summer merch on her website and it was all 1989 inspired. 
so it was just really, really weird. But it's also kind of funny because the day she announced it, I kept seeing on Twitter and social media, all the Taylor Swift fans were like, we are starting the 1989 era this Friday with or without Taylor. Oh, yes. So <laughs> uh, get on board or or not. It doesn't really matter. We're starting it. And then the next day she said, <laughs> Red's coming out next. And everyone was like, oh, okay. But yeah, to talk more about the, like, the Easter eggs thing and how much I'm sick of it, even after this announcement, I kept seeing people decode everything, like, any possible thing they could do. And they were like, 1989 is still coming and it's going to be coming in July and it's coming out on this date. And here's why. And it's like, no, it's not. She literally said in her post, my next album is going to be red. And people just don't, people just don't even take her for her word anymore because she's created all this chaos with the Easter eggs and everything. No, I agree. It's just insanity. Let's just enjoy what she gives us. I am honestly having more fun just letting go right me too i i'm just like if you announce something you do if you don't whatever but it literally got to the point where every single week usually on like wednesday everyone was like oh my god tomorrow she's gonna make the announcement and we're gonna get a single on friday and then nothing would happen it would be like no no it's it's next week it's it's gonna happen next week on thursday we're gonna get the announcement like every single week for the past several months people still think we're getting a third folklore evermore album I'm just like, I'm sick of it. Just take what she gives you and shut up. You know, I do want to point this out. What bothers me the most actually is that I thought the re-recordings would either be like released all at once and we can just kind of move on, you know, just one mass release of like all the recordings that she's able to make at the moment and enjoy that moment and then eventually be able to just focus on new music because in a way... It is kind of traumatic what happened to her. So I thought, you know, just release it, move past it, and be able to continue to create your own music. It does bother me that we are only going to get two albums in 2021, and this re-releases are going to be continuously drawn out. Yeah, I mean, I didn't necessarily think that we were going to get them all at once, but I definitely thought we were going... I thought they were going to be coming out faster. I didn't think that we'd only get two this year. But maybe the way that she has this like mapped out is that it goes all the way up until next November when she can re-record Reputation, in which case that's, oh my God, I, I can't deal with this for another year. I wish they were honestly all just coming out this year yeah. and we could be done with it and then move on to new music, you know? Yeah, I agree. I just want to move on to new music because I do love those songs, but re-listening to Fearless, it just proves how... Well, it's always been funny to me. I've always found her to be a lyrical genius no matter what. And Caitlin, when Fearless came out, thought those were the best songs ever. But obviously, as I've grown up and I've grown with Taylor and she's released more music, I've realized how, you know, that is kind of more teenish lyrics. And she definitely has evolved so much and become more of an eloquent writer. And I'm just like, okay, these are the songs that I don't really choose to listen to unless I'm like kind of feeling like nostalgic or thinking about it. And Fearless is one of like my least favorite albums. (laughs) So I'm just looking forward to new music. Keep that shit to yourself. No, I'm not going to keep that shit to myself. (laughs) I mean, it's not my number one favorite album either, but I'm very excited for Red. I love that album. And I think we're getting like six or seven unreleased songs from it. Plus, all too well. It's 
it's too much even for me i'm very excited yeah i am excited i will say i love red i'm excited like you said for the all too well and i'm excited for the 30 songs i will say this though i will be pissed 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 literally in a rage if it's more unreleased songs from when she was fucking 12 because that's how a huge chunk of the fearless songs were like there was only one that was actually written during that era and the rest were way before fearless was even a concept in her mind you'll have to stay tuned but um if you're looking for jake gyllenhaal you will not find him because he did flee the country the day that she announced this um he (laughs) he entered the witness protection program and he left he said bye i have to go yeah but on to our lord and savior lord literally (laughs) quite literally our lord and savior is back and she released her first single in literally forever lord released her new single solar power and we are all just like vibing in our pharmaceutical commercial on the beach having a great time right well want to learn a fun fact what I haven't fucking heard it yet except for on TikTok. Oh my God. Fake fan. Fake I'm not, I've fan. never even planned to be a fan. I honestly have never even full out heard melodramatic. Melodrama. So, oh, sorry. Yes. Kaylin, I guess, isn't a fan. Well, but, it's not that I'm not a fan of her. I think she's a, not okay. She's definitely a good artist, but. I think she's just swell. <laughs> but I have never fully connected with her. And it's never made me be like, I need to fully listen to her albums. But when I've heard songs from her, I've enjoyed them. Except for this one, because I like a more sad lore. Or lore. <laughs> Got it. Well, I am loving it. Um, I'm very excited for the album. And I just got tickets for her tour today, and I'm so happy. I'm going to be going back to Nashville next year to harass Caitlin, (laughs) and we're going to be seeing her at the Grand Ole Opry. So if any of you saw my tweet talking shit about artists that, um, big artists that perform in 2,000-seat venues and how much of a joke it is, I never tweeted that. It's a lie, and I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm excited because I personally – love I, i'm not seeing lord but i'm excited for brian to see a show at the opry maybe when he's here if we're lucky maybe another concert will be really great that's happening at the ryman at the same time wait you're seeing in april okay sorry so usually like opry shows move over to the ryman during a certain time of year but i just really enjoy going to iconic venues and in my mind ryman and opry are definitely one to go to yeah i can't wait we took the tour of the opry when we were there and me and matt really wanted to see somebody in concert there we were hoping that like carrie underwood would do a show while we were there but to no avail she literally did one like two weeks after we left um so i'm really excited to be seeing her in this iconic venue when i was driving downtown I saw like a billboard and I don't know if this already like passed or not because I can't remember when I saw it, but Reba and Kelsey Ballerini were the same night. I think that already, I think that happened last weekend. Okay. Yeah. Iconic. Oh my God. I would love to see Reba there too. Yeah. Or Kelsey, like literally anybody I want to go. I saw her. I can't remember if she was performing for a private show that I was working or if she just was one of the people for the night but she was really good. The The best part about working the Opry is 
you can always just go in and check out an artist because they only usually perform somewhere from two to three songs, maybe depending on the artist and if they can get away with it, they'll try to perform a few more. But especially just, I guess it really depends on your manager or your role, but I always got to just go in there and see whoever I wanted to see for the moment. Did she sing, I'm a survivor? No, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> or the, the dear mom and dad, please send money. That's not her song. Who Whose song is that? Sugarland song. Oh my god, you're right. I'm gonna cut that out. No, keep it in. <laughs> no, it's embarrassing. I'm a Sugarland fan, and I forgot that's not even her. Oh my god, everyone's laughing at me right now. <laughs> um. Anyway, my concert lineup is shaping up to be quite impressive. I have yeah, three, I don't have but... anyone. I because I expect the people that I want to see will be. Very expensive and juggling other expenses in life. I'm just like dedicated to one or two people and that's it because those are the people that I continuously have a good time with. Like I will spend whatever it is for Taylor because I'm not spending it for multiple other concerts. Yeah, I feel that. I don't have the same self-control, but I'm happy for you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so on to something just so sad that happened this week with an update on Britney Spears's conservatorship. There was a public hearing. Well, it wasn't, it was a private hearing, but it was open to the public to listen to online. The audio was like streamed through the court's website. So everyone got to hear her speak for the first time in front of the judge and in front of everybody. And have you listened to the whole thing now, Caitlin? I have listened to parts and clips because people keep saying like it's trying to get taken down. It is semi hard to find. And I have seen a lot of the clips on TikTok. That's why I kept sending them to you just in case you hadn't been able to hear the whole thing. And if I see them on Twitter, I click on them instantly to see if it's something new that I haven't heard. But I was just so happy. I think I was more relieved. I know that sounds weird to say when we're talking about something so sad as this but I was really worried that maybe her Instagram presence was true in a like that was like a fear in the back of my mind like I didn't think it was but like at the end of the day you're not like 100% sure I don't know this person personally and to hear her talk in her low real voice and be completely coherent was a semi-relief to me because that means the real Britney is still there. And I was scared that maybe we had lost her completely in life. I think the hardest part about hearing this whole thing was literally learning that all of our worst fears and worst case scenarios about this situation were actually true. And they were actually happening to her because we really didn't have much public information about any of this really And this is the first time she's spoken about it. And, you know, everybody just speculates about what's happening. People dissect her Instagram posts because it just seems so unnatural and not like her. And it's it's just, it's all true. It was all true. It's been a big speculation. Is Brittany the one actually posting these things? Because, you know, we do see photos of her seeming a little wonky or the way that she talks is someone that doesn't seem completely there and it's in a higher pitch voice 
And there's been people that have been like, no, I do think Britney's controlling it, which I've never thought Britney has controlled her Instagram. I've stayed true to that. I've commented like and tagged people and I've had people in my life that are like, no, I think she's fine. Or like, and I'm like, if you think she's fine, I don't want to ask you for fucking help. I think for me, it was just really hard to imagine how somebody could like force you to post stuff like that. But I mean, as she opened up more, she did not hold back at all. She was calling out everyone involved, her dad, her mom, everybody in charge of the the trust and everything like that. And just to hear firsthand about all of the manipulation and control that they have over her, it was truly devastating. She talked about it like it makes me feel so guilty as a fan because like we've we've like funded this whole thing but honestly it's been going on for years so like over the past 10 years if you've bought a ticket to see her in concert if you've bought her album if you've bought any anniversary merch or whatever like you you've helped fund this so that's really hard to like deal with i think but she talked about how after she finished her tour after vegas she was going back into rehearse for the new vegas show which got canceled and how she was not really wanting to do it, but she was fully present in rehearsals. She was choreographing the songs herself. And she talked about how there was like one dance move where she said, no, I don't want to do that. And it basically just set off an explosion. Like they went, everybody in charge of her went into a room and it just like, just the, the small things that she tries to do to have somewhat of control. It just doesn't work. It just spirals out. And it's so, it's so hard to hear. And the fact that one thing caused it to spiral out, like, I think they were probably just scared that she was, you know, having more of a mindset where she can say no. So they were like, now we're going to punish her and continue it. If yeah. You can't say no. She mentioned how that she was forced. She was forced to go into that rehab facility last year, how anytime she has to go to a doctor's appointment or therapy, um, they literally make her drive there knowing that paparazzi will be there and how they're going to photograph her crying on the way out. They won't let anybody come to her house. They won't let her choose any doctors. They won't let her choose her own representation for this whole conservatorship hearing that's going on. It's, it's awful. Yeah. It does make me also dissect how I don't know her boyfriend well enough. But how she can even get a boyfriend, that's the one thing that I do, like, question is why they let a boyfriend around and how she's able to have one. You know, it just doesn't make sense to me, that part. Yeah, well, I mean, like, she mentioned that she, all she wants is to be able to have her boyfriend drive her around in a car. I guess that's not even Yeah, like, she yeah. wants to have another child. She wants to get married. She can't do any of that. They won't let her. She is not allowed to get married, but also they have placed an IUD in her and they will not allow her to take it out, which is so disgusting to me because that's her body. They do not want her to have any more children and they don't get to make that decision. That is a decision that is made between two consenting parties. Basically, I don't know if she's formally done it, but during this thing, she peti- she said that she wants to petition to have the conservatorship ended without evaluation, which is something that they that is possible to happen. I guess anytime she wants to do anything, they make her go through hours and hours of evaluations where she just sits in a chair and she's questioned, and it's 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 horrible. Like I I honestly hated having to hear her talk about all this stuff, but I really do hope that 
all of the public outcry right now that's happening helps this case in some way because people are finally starting to see what she has been dealing with for so many years but also what was really hard was i think it was yesterday something came out there was like documentation from after the hearing that came out where where basically she's begging the judge she's naming these people saying that they're abusing her and manipulating her and she's in a horrible situation and then like documentation comes out that basically said the judge did nothing afterwards and that all these people still remain in control of her so i don't know i know that they're that her attorneys were talking about how they want to rush to the next process as fast as possible, what whatever that might be, if it's a petition to end it or if it's another hearing. I don't know what the next steps would be, um, but this just this needs to end. It's just not fair. Yeah, and she talked about that she basically should sue her family because of how they overwork her. And the only thing that is similar to that is basically sex slavery and, or sorry, sex trafficking, same thing, but it's just awful. And I just want to state this too. One, Jamie Lynn Spears is not innocent. I've never thought she was innocent. And I understand that she had possibly, and maybe she has commented on a little bit, been abused by Jamie Spears. But still, at the end of the day, that's your sister, and you see how much she's going through. You should be trying to help her or making public statements. You could have helped her this whole time, and you deserve to go down, too. The whole family. She has not said one positive thing about one family member, so it definitely makes me think it's the whole lot of them because that is a lot of money and a lot of person, a very powerful person to control, and they clearly are evil people. I mean, in conclusion, I guess... I just want this to end as quickly as possible. I hope that it actually can come to an end because I know that's a, that's a huge topic too, is how hard it is for any conservatorship to be ended. Which is so stupid to me. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense. Like, especially I understand. And this was talked about if you watch the documentary and if you listen to our podcast, that this type of conservatorship and conservatorships in general are usually for the elderly. And it makes sense because when people are elderly, they start losing their memory and they need someone to help them. So usually it is more of a helpful benefit. She is almost a 40 year old woman. She is capable of taking care of herself. And she even mentioned things like she would like to continue going to therapy. Like she sounded very rational about how she would like to continue helping herself through life. And I think she can completely do that. And in the words of Wendy Williams, death to them all. So moving on to the Keeping up with the Kardashian reunion that happened over the past week. It was a two-part reunion. Um, honestly, I watched both parts. I don't think Caitlyn did it all, mm-hmm. but it was like it was very underwhelming. They touched on everything that I imagined that they would touch on. They talked about her sex tape. They talked about her marriage to Chris Humphreys. Uh, they addressed the Jordan and Tristan drama. Gosh, what else? Oh, they talked about Kylie how she hit her pregnancy and everything like that. It was insightful, I guess. I feel like I didn't really learn anything new that we didn't already know, but I guess it just helped them wrap up this chapter of their lives or whatever the point was. I don't think we still know how like the next chapter is fully going to look with. No, he did ask that, but they kind of just um, brushed over it. Uh, I think he was, he asked me about like how, like what made you choose to end like this 
contract when you have like a, a future obligations, like basically talking about Hulu, which we still don't know anything about. We don't know anything about that deal or what's coming out of it. It's just interesting. But yeah, honestly, I can't really think of anything like notable to talk about. They talked about oh, one thing, which I just thought was so gross, was they did mention um, the whole Scott dating younger girls thing. And his like rebuttal just made absolutely no sense. And it honestly just made it sound worse for him. It was really bad. I, I texted Caitlin about it when it happened. He like basically said, everyone gets this wrong. Everyone thinks that I'm attracted to younger girls and that I go after them when in fact they're attracted to me because they think I look young. And I was like, that doesn't help your case at all. And he doesn't look young. He wearing he dyed his hair blonde, which looks ridiculous. I think it actually makes him look older. I think he was just I don't know. I think Chris likes to have control. I even saw a TikTok on this how she tried to control Kanye, and that just wasn't going to work. And Scott really trusts her, and I personally believe she probably gave that answer because at the end of the day, I think a lot of them are still rooting for Scott and Courtney. And Scott is permanently part of their family and he does listen and they do like him. So I think that's a huge part of why he said that stupid answer because there's nothing that's going to make him look good. I mean, both him and Courtney, in my mind, are insanely inappropriate with the younger generation. Like how Courtney is BFS with Addison Wright. That is weird. You can't even say anything that like makes sense of that because either Courtney is a fucking groomer or she's just not mature and she's this 40-year-old woman that has three kids and she's hanging out with a 20-year-old. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think in the preview for next week's uh, Housewives of Beverly Hills, uh, they start talking. Lisa starts talking about her daughter and Scott dating. So we'll see if, what she has to say. But yeah, like literally, they t- like they talked about the Tristan cheating drama and how they're fine. Well, not really because they officially broke up again and it was apparently because Tristan cheated on her with three people over the weekend insane I here's the thing she has stated she doesn't want her to be an only child she should have just fucking focused on instead of they clearly have a good co-parenting relationship going on an underlying relationship instead of continuously destroying that beginning relationship they both agree they wanted another child like regardless he wanted more children in life just have another child. Just have that co-parenting friendship and allow different relationships to grow. Just do that. Focus on that and don't focus on actually having a romantic relationship. It's so stupid to me. Yeah, because obviously it's just going to end up on it's just going to end with him cheating on you again. Yeah. Just because like you're continuously gonna have to build that. It's continuously gonna traumatize true. I would just focus on adding another family member maybe if it organically is able to work out later in life okay but i think they should just focus on what they want which is both having another child because they both want that regardless and it seems like they should just have it with each other and focus on their current child and maintaining that good relationship and not making it romantic yeah but i guess we can go on to since we briefly mentioned housewives i guess we can go on to the few housewives bullets that we had for this week we don't have too much, so we'll see. We've been getting into our celebrity encounters, but Candace again was she always? Sometimes I just like get into Candace, and I'm like, yes, like even though there's things I don't. I've, oh, really? Sometimes I enjoy her presence, and I'm glad that she's been added to Potomac. But then there's other times where I'm like, 
when the fuck are we gonna get this bitch off the screen and here it goes again she continuously is commenting on erica jane and her legal battles and sticking up for her and saying a lot of shit about the docu-series or documentary that was created and it just makes me mad because there's a lot of victims in this there's a lot of evidence and she was like wait until like evidence is out bitch there is evidence it's just insanity just because she's also a housewife on the same show as you doesn't mean that she's innocent there's also there's plenty of fucking housewives that have gone to jail or been involved in scandals i don't care if it maybe looks sure maybe like that association makes you look bad she's on the same show as you yeah i still haven't watched the housewife and the hustler um but from just the way that i've seen people reacting to it everyone's kind of saying that it's trash i don't know i don't really care enough to get into it it's not like we're going to get any information from beverly hills this season because it's just as we suspected they're just kind of grazing over it they're not everything's going to be a i can't legally talk about this kind of answer i mean it's it's what taken six episodes for erica to even say anything about it yeah, and now she's on fucking Twitter, like, acting like she's completely innocent. Also, just to add from, like, what we spoke about last time, apparently her lawyers are now back. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, just Not wanted ever. to add that in. But fuck her. I feel like the narrative is going to be trying to make her look as innocent as possible, even though the editing seems a little shady. And then I am curious if she will come to the reunion because she did say she wasn't doing press, and that's why she didn't come when – there was the premiere episode for Watch What Happens Live. We'll see. I'm just over that bitch. I'm over. Well, they should it. be filming it soon. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll be we'll update you when we know. Yeah. Okay. And lastly, some OC news. I don't watch OC, but everyone's talking about it. Yeah, I don't watch either. They fired three cast members. One of them being Kelly. I believe her last name is pronounced Dodd and Bronley, something like that. Uh, someone else don't really know because I kept seeing those two names the most and they brought back an icon, Heather. So I kind of want to watch because I've seen some Heather moments that have made me laugh or I just thought were really great dramatic moments, but it seems like Orange County may be on the up again. All right. So it's time for my moment to shine and brag a little bit, I guess. I don't, not really. Time for some more celebrity encounters. It's all up to me now because Caitlin's run out of people, but I still have plenty. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. One of my favorite artists growing up, I don't No, that's not true. I really don't like them anymore. Um, I really did appreciate their earlier music and performances and just them in general. But we're talking about Demi Lovato. They are one of the artists that I have seen the most in concert, which is so weird. I, I think I counted and I saw I've seen Demi eight or nine times in concert over the years. I, I wrote them all down from what I could remember. I think there's honestly more, but from what I could remember, I saw the Camp Rock 2 tour, the Unbroken tour, some random summer tour that they did in Hershey. I don't even remember what it was for. Then I went to this Pop-Tarts summer concert, 4th of July thing in Philadelphia, the Neon Lights tour, the Demi World tour, the Future Now tour with Nick Jonas. And then I think I went to two Jingle Balls where Demi was performing. Out of all these performances, I tried to meet Demi more times than I've actually met 
them. And it didn't even happen until summer of 2013 at a radio station interview in Philadelphia, Q102. They just had Demi come to the station the day after that Pop-Tart summer concert that I went to. So I had to drive to Philadelphia two days in a row, which was very far from my house. And it took a lot of convincing my mom to let me do that. But somehow I won passes on Twitter. I think I like literally begged them and said like, I I just need this more than anything. But they let me in and they only gave me two. I went with two friends and they only gave me two passes. So I like had to beg them. I was like, please, can I bring a third one? And so they were like, yes. So they let me go. They were like, we're doing group photos only. And I was like, I'm not about that shit. So after the little interview, my the two friends that I was with, they went together and then they were like, it was my turn. And they were like, oh, are you, are you with them? I was like, no, I'm by myself. And they're like, okay. So I got my first photo with Demi Lovato. I was so happy. I'm not posting it because I look absolutely horrible in it. I was like <laughs> so much heavier. I was so young. I just looked a damn mess, like embarrassing to think back on. But out of like all the times that I saw Demi in concert, I would always try to meet them before or after the show. And it was always just a flop. Demi like always swerved us if we were waiting outside for the bus to come in or whatever the case may have been. I have been swerved by Demi more times than I can even count. After that, it took several more years for me to encounter Demi again. I think it happened in Orlando. I don't even know how this happened. It was so random. One of my friends was watching their Instagram stories and Demi posted a story from some bowling alley. And she was like, that's in Orlando. And I was like, how do you even know that? And some reason, for some reason, she was right. And Demi was in Orlando. I don't even know for what. But we found Demi's hotel and we waited outside for like, six hours because it didn't happen until like 2 a.m. I think and thinking back on it now I would have probably punched us all in the face for even asking for a photo but when Demi finally like got out of the car we went up and we were like hi can we get a photo and her Demi's security guard was so rude as always and was like group photo it was like two seconds I can't believe that Demi actually smiled in the picture but met Demi again then and then the last times were, what album was it? I think it was for Confident. When that album came out, Demi was doing like the Jingle Ball concert circuit. And if you bought the album on the on um, online, you got like a ticket to a meet and greet before Jingle Ball. It was, it was a mess. It was group photos of five. Luckily, I went with like five friends both times. And so quick. Oh my gosh. It was like less than two seconds. They were literally rushing us through. Didn't get to say anything. It was whatever. Honestly, most of my experiences with Demi were very rushed, not pleasant. I guess some people have had better experiences during meet and greets and stuff. I never really did. I was excited to meet Demi. I don't know. I still really like their earlier music a lot, like up until the album Confident. And then after that, I just kind of lost interest. But yeah, that's my Demi stories. Yeah, I really enjoyed Demi growing up. I really love their vibe because you could tell they wanted to do, and especially during the time pop punk was really big, but Demi still had to 
do something within the Disney realm. And I just really love the sound that they were creating. And I really loved how their music continued to evolve. But mm, I just, it's so hard with them. I've tried to support them as much as possible. But I really hope that with, it's so hard. It's just so hard because I keep continuing to hear like stories about how they're rude and watching them try to control their addiction. And I just don't really agree with the methods that they're taking at the moment. The frozen yogurt scandal. Yeah, I just I want them to get better and I hope that they do, but it's hard to continue to support them. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way, which is really sad because I do love like, here we go again. Um, Don't forget those two albums are genuinely some of my favorites. I think that Demi has one of the best voices from Disney Channel and from all the Disney singers at that time. Definitely one of the best. But um, yeah, kind of just like fell out of love with them over the years. Maybe maybe that'll change in the future, but who knows? Anyway, on to one of my favorite Disney queens, though, Miss Selegion Godmez, Selena Gomez. Um, <laughs> I have been a fan of hers, obviously, since like Wizards of Waverly Place. But I've been such a massive fan of her music career. Bring back the scene, please, Selena. From Selena Gomez in the scene all the way up to like her solo stuff now. I think I've seen her uh, probably like equally amount because I, I saw her at the York Fair, Caitlin. <laughs> Yeah, she did oh, really? um, for her first album, Kiss and Tell. She did a summer tour or it was like fall because that's when those concerts were. But she did a tour and she came to the York Fair. And I remember we were in like the third row. The tickets were like $30. Unheard of nowadays. <laughs> but we got them the same day. We went that night. It was so much fun. Love that album. I saw I've seen all her tours, actually thinking about it because i saw the we own the night tour twice that's the where that's the one i got mean greets for i saw what was after that stars dance i went to that show by myself in florida i went to the revival tour in orlando and that's all that she has done but yeah i got to meet her on the we own the night tour because at the time she was like partnered with kmart and she had like a line a clothing line with them And there was some like Twitter account that was associated with the brand that I found who was giving out dozens of meet and greet passes for every single show. And I had tickets for the show in Hershey in Hershey Park Stadium. And then I didn't find out about this until afterwards because she was coming back a few days later to the Maryland State Fair. And then I found this Twitter. I won. I made my mom create an account. She won two passes. I made my brother create an account. She won two passes. I think altogether, once I got all my friends to enter this contest, we had won like eight meet and greet passes for this show. So we had to buy tickets for the show because we didn't have them. But we go, we have our like free meet and greet passes. And honestly, it was like one of the coolest meet and greets ever. She was really nice. She actually took time to like talk to all of us. I just remember having a really good experience with her. I've had really good experiences with her during every encounter because she also does this thing after all her concerts. I don't know if she'll still do it, but where she, it was like a very well-known thing that she would come out and she would sign autographs and she would take like group photos with everything for her Instagram. 
And so once we like found the spot outside the arena, we left like during the last song so we could get a spot. I did this during the revival tour and the stars dance tour. And I got to, I got a selfie with her both times. And once again, even though it was like really quick, she was so nice to everyone. I loved it. I love Selena. Yeah, I've always thought that Selena seemed like a really nice and good person. She would be someone that I would want to be friends with. I've always enjoyed her acting more so than I've enjoyed her. Yeah, more so than I've enjoyed her singing. It's not, it's hard to say because there's songs where I think she can really sing and there's songs where I don't think she can. She just has such a unique voice and it's hard. I think she can only do certain types of styles and it's very limited. I Obviously, when I think of a singer, I think someone that can accomplish a lot vocally and she's not one of them. So if I was going to say like something like that, then I would say she's not a singer, but I do enjoy certain songs from her because it just really is, like I said, more of a unique voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's got some great hit songs, just like thinking back about it. But I yeah, I think she's I don't think she's like the strongest vocalist. Um, but like all her shows that I've been to were very good. She was very good live. She puts on a really good production. And I think that's one of the most important things. I have enjoyed her Spanish songs. While I don't speak Spanish, I really, really, really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I I enjoy her a lot. And I hope to see her again soon. I, I doubt she's going to tour for her last album, Rare. But she has that show coming out with Steve Martin and Martin Short on Hulu. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. I love her acting projects so much. Yeah, and that whole concept is really, really interesting to me because basically the show is based off people that are super into true crime and then find themselves in a scenario yeah. where a true crime has been committed. I'm so excited. Okay, so I guess because this is running long, I'm just going to skip ahead to my last one which is kind of fun. I don't know if you're a Harry Potter fan, but for several years, they haven't done it in a while. I don't know if it's like over permanently or if it was because of COVID, but Universal Orlando, everyone knows, has the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. And for several years, they would do this, what was it called? I don't know. It was like a convention every summer. It was free if you had like admission to the park and like everything was free, but they would always bring cast members from the movie to Orlando to do signings and Q and A's and just different events throughout like the three or four days that it was taking place. And over the course of the, I don't even know how many years, I think I went to like four years of it. It was a lot, but over the course of the years, I met many a Harry Potter stars um, thinking about like, the biggest one I think was Rupert Grint who played Ron, obviously. Um, that was like a big accomplishment. I was very excited about that. I met Matthew Lewis who plays Neville, James and Oliver Phelps who play the twins, Ivana Lynch who plays Luna Lovegood. She was one of the hardest people to meet out of all of them, I think, because when they, when they were at Universal, we like found out the hotel that was putting them up for every year. It was the same one every year. So we would literally just like wait at the hotel for them to get back from their events and usually catch them there. And they were always really nice, but like we would always miss her and she just wouldn't leave. So it was really hard to like meet her, but we finally like got her one night and I was so happy. She was really nice. 
And then we met Tom Felton in the park, actually. I think he was going for like an appearance or something. And we like met him walking to that. And I don't know. It was really cool. Like Harry Potter is pretty iconic. Yeah, Harry Potter is definitely iconic and a huge part of, I think, a lot of our generation's childhood. So I think it would be really incredible to go to those types of conventions. Yeah, it was really fun, but it was also really repetitive every year because it was like they never did anything different. It was always the same sort of structure for the event. So I think it kind of just got like boring for us because we were doing it every single year. But I mean, I guess the fans loved it. Um, I remember one year there was like a red carpet event for something. Maybe it was like an anniversary or an opening. I don't remember. But I remember we waited in like the plaza inside the park for hours because there was like a red carpet event that was happening. And it was so stupid. Like they just they just like walked down it, like basically sprinted down it and then like sat on the stage and just said like, hi, it was like an opening ceremonies for the event. But I don't know. It was cool, I guess. I love Harry Potter, so I was really excited to meet some of them. Also, fun story. The guy, the girl that um, Matthew Lewis is married to, apparently she used to work at Universal and they met oh, yeah. during one of these Harry Potter like weekends things and fell in love and got married because of this event. Like She was literally just like an hourly team member. And I guess they had an encounter and sparks flew. That just feels like it's written straight out of a fan fiction. Literally, that sounds like a fan fiction. It's so funny. You know what? Good for her. (laughs) But they actually do come back a lot and visit. I don't know where they live. I don't know if they live in the UK or what, but they are frequently spotted at Universal Orlando, which is cool. Well, they got to go back to where they first met. I guess. Um, anyway, because this is running really long, I will skip some of the other people that I had in mind, but we'll save them for a future episode because I can just keep them coming. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, not to brag or anything. But anyway, thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review and leave a rating. Follow us on Instagram, please. And until next week, we will talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.